ዶክተሮቻችን የቃሉ ብቻ ፖድካስት ነው እንኳን በደና ወደ ቃሉ ብቻ ፖድካስት መጣችሁ ቃሉ ብቻ ፖድካስት ዩቲዩብ ላይ ፌስቡክ ላይ ቴሌግራም ላይ ቲክቶክ ላይ ኢንስታግራም ላይ ማግኔት ይችላሉ ላይክ ሰብስክራይብ ማድረግ በፍጹም እንዳትረሱ ከዛ ባለፈ ደግሞ በኦዲዮ ምትፈልጉ ከሆነ ጎግል ፖድካስት ላይ አይትዩንስ ላይ ስፖቲፋይ ላይ ማግኔት ይችላሉ ከዛ በተጨማሪ ደግሞ እዚ ኢትዮጵያ ላላችሁ ሰዎች ራኪ ፖድካስት ላይ ማግኔት ይችላሉና እዛም ሰብስክራይብ ማድረግ እንዳትረሱ ሪቪው እሰጡን ከዛ ደግሞ አሪፍ ሬቲንግ እንድትሰጡን እንጠይቃችኋለን እነዚህ ነገሮች ደግሞ በደም ስታደርጉ ለፐብሊክ ኦዲየንሳችን በተሻለ መልኩ አቬሌብል መሆን እንችላለንና በዚህ እንድትተባበሩን የወንጌልን ኡነት ለሰዎች ማዳረሽ እንድንችል እንድትተባበሩን እንጠይቃችኋለን ሁሌስ ለምትተከታተሉና አመሰግናችኋለን ዛሬ ወጻች ፈራ ፓስተር ኤሪክና እኔ ይሄ ነው ከናንተ ጋር አለን ከዚህ በፊት ሪከርድ ያደረግነው ነገር ነው ዛሬ ደግሞ ሪከርድ እንዳደረገው መብራት ሄዶብን ነበር ሪከርድ ያደረገን ስለ ቡክ ኦፍ ኮንኮርድ ነው ምናውራው ስለዚህ ከኛ ጋር እንድትቆዩ እንጠይቃችኋለን how are you guys doing well how are you good thanks be to god peace be with you uh, we're going to be talking about the book of concord and pastor eric you have been with us uh, for i don't know maybe three or four times a few times uh, yeah a few times so uh, we're thankful uh, for you we have been really blessed uh, we, you have been uh, in our youth group last week and you have been uh, teaching us on the book of concord uh i mean augsburg confession and uh, we had a really good journey so uh, we're going to have a great time uh, today with pastor eric so please uh, stay with us um yeah I, i think maybe one day we would have a chance to do augsburg confession here <laughs> yeah that would be good yeah because art- uh, on wednesday we were looking at uh, article 2 original sin was fascinating yeah uh, was really yeah. something It was a fun discussion to have with you. I was yeah, enjoying it. Yeah. And it was a long one actually. I think you you took around 1 hour and 10 or 20 minutes somewhere around. Somewhere around there. Yeah. But it felt like 20 minutes. So maybe <laughs> next time we'll give you 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think finally it's going to be our plan to talk about the Augsburg confession yeah. because when we were talking about uh, inviting Pastor Eric, uh, mm. that was our end goal yeah. to talk about the Augsburg confession. So uh, soon it's coming. Yeah, right. maybe next year hopefully okay. because that that's a Lutheran at least if 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 you have a good grasp of the Augsburg Confession yeah. I think it makes things easier yes. even as you read the apology of the Augsburg Confession even the small car- articles there is a bit of similarity as you go forward through the yes. confessions so yeah maybe next year God willing well, and I have to agree with you I think it's especially important mm. for members of the EECMY yeah. when in our own constitution we say yeah. this Augsburg confession is a faithful interpretation yeah. or understanding or yeah. teaching of the bible yeah. and we you know we say in our in our own confession here as the EECMY this is our belief yeah. and so if we're going to say we believe this then we should know what it is we are saying we believe yeah exactly i think even Uh, we usually say, uh, especially for people who are in leading position in churches, say people who are uh, elders of the church or people who are leaders of the youth ministry, child ministry, so on and so forth. I think if there would be, like, say, a crash course, a short course <laughs> that would go roughly through the Augsburg Confession, I think it would make it would make a big impact, um, not just on the people who are attending the training, but on people who would be sitting on the pews. Yes. Uh, once you have a full grasp or a good grasp of the Augsburg Confession, the other thing is easy. 
Yeah. Absolutely. But today, if we're not talking about <laughs> yoga confession, <laughs> so as Henok was mentioning earlier, uh, we would be uh, we'd be looking at yoga confession. Book of Concord today. Yes. Uh, so kind of an overview. Yeah, exactly. It's just an hour, so yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe the the past couple of episodes that you were with us, we were saying Book of Concord, Book of Concord several times, and we were mentioning um, words like our Lutheran confessors or confession, so on and so forth. Uh, for 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 those who are new to our podcast or even say to Lutheran theology. Uh, we Lutherans have uh, a set of documents that yes. we uh, believe uh, to be true, uh, taken out of the scriptures, yes. and uh, they were organized, uh, say, through 50, 60 years maybe, from uh, 1520s to uh, 1580. Uh, so we find in the Book of Concord somewhere around seven documents, and then we have the ecumenical uh, creeds as well, which go as far back as third, fourth century. So um, if anyone wants to know what a Lutheran believes, um, the right place to go would be the Book of Concord itself. Exactly, yes. So uh, you can go through each document to to find out, for example, if someone wants to find out the, what a Lutheran believes about baptism, the right yes. place to go would be the Book of Concord. So today we will give a general overview of the Book of Concord. So we will start with a few quick questions. Okay. That we would want you to give a short answer to. And Certainly. But b- uh, before the first question, yeah. I would just make one comment. Uh, you were right. You said we talk about the Book of Concord. We talk about the confessions. Yeah. So I should say explicitly, we use those terms interchangeably. When we so say true. the confessions, yeah. we're talking about that same yeah. Book of Concord. Exactly. Two, two words for the same thing. So... Yeah, yeah, true, true. Wouldn't want anyone to get confused. Uh, wait, we're talking about the Book of Concord, but now you're talking about the Confessions. <laughs> Which one? It's all the same. So all the same. All the same. Good. So quick, maybe three questions. The okay. first three questions, uh, if we could go through them quickly, and then the, the rest of the question, we will take time through them. So f- our first question would be, what's a confession? Okay. A confession is just a statement of what we believe. The, the word itself, uh, the root word coming out of the Greek, is a combination of two units, one meaning the word same okay. and the other one to say. Okay. So literally, the word confession in, in the Greek, in the Bible, would be to say the same thing. Okay. And so for us as Christians, our confession, what we believe, we're saying the same thing the Bible says. So the Bible gives teaching about baptism. Our confession is to lay out, in our words, that same teaching from the Bible. Cool. Cool. That's great. So uh, because lately we have been, as you said, uh, we have been saying confession and the scripture. So it's not something new that we Lutherans or our forefathers created. Correct. A- apart from the scripture, but right. uh, rather it's derived from the scripture. Yes. So it's not something new. Right. And in fact, that's a very strong point mm. that the writers of our confessions kept making. Mm. It's the same reason the creeds are in there. Yeah. I mean, that, that first, the Apostles' Creed, the earliest primitive form we have of that creed is written uh, around 150 AD. Mm. And we believe the Apostle John died around 100 AD. So only 50 years after the death of the last apostle, the church is writing down and saying, these are the basic things we believe. And now we record those 
we include that in yeah. our book of Concord to say, like your the point you're making just now, mm-hmm. nothing new. Uh, the early church said it in 150. Mm-hmm. They said it again in the 300s. Mm-hmm. They re- explained it even more in the sixth century, and now we're continuing to say these same things. Yeah. So again, yes, you're right. Nothing new. Yeah. So maybe a follow up question. Yeah, because this is one of the arguments that we hear. Uh, okay. quite, quite yeah. often again mm. because people would say like when we go to our confession people say oh I believe the Bible yeah. uh, people say oh this is enough and I think there is a movement that says uh, no creed but the Bible right uh, so if if our confessions if the book of Concord if the Lutheran confessions are directly taken out of the scriptures why do I need the confession because there are too many people who say Oh, I believe the Bible, but then they come up with claims that completely contradict with other churches that say, "Oh, I just believe the Bible." Uh, so, you know, just some examples. We have churches that say it is necessary to baptize babies, and they say this is a clear biblical teaching. We have churches that say it is sinful to baptize babies, and this is a clear biblical teaching. Those cannot both be clear biblical teachings. One of those has to be wrong. Yeah. Or we have Pentecostals who say that you must speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. And then you have other churches that say, no, only some people speak in tongues. And then you have other churches that say, ah, those, the, those, those kinds of charismatic gifts faded away after the time of the apostles. And all three of those churches will claim that they only believe what the Bible says. But obviously, all three of them cannot be right. Churches that say in Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper, whatever you want to call it, oh, we have bread, we have wine or juice, and it's only a symbol. We believe exactly what the Bible says. And then you have the historic Christian church that has for centuries said the bread is the body of Christ, this cup of wine is the blood of Christ, Christ's body and blood are truly bodily present in this meal. We believe only the Bible. And again, those can't both be true. And so they're, they're to say, oh, I only believe the Bible without then explaining, and therefore I believe the Bible says this about that topic falls short. I see. Yeah. Or maybe... Before this, you were saying uh, creeds and confessions. Maybe yes. if you can explain that a little bit more. What's the difference between creed uh, and confession? Uh, by my definition, the, the creeds are just simply short statements of faith. Okay. We believe this, 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 and this. Okay. Whereas the confessions tend to take more time to explain mm. and defend the point. We believe this because of this. Mm. And therefore, we reject that is a more for, a more common format we find okay. in the confessions. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene yeah. Creed, the Athanasian Creed, it's just simply statements. Mm-hmm. We believe this, we believe this, we believe this. Done. Okay. So then going forward, uh, when we take a look at uh, our confession, the Book of Concord, it's yes. a thick book. Yes, it uh, is. Maybe the reader's edition that I have with me, somewhere around 700 pages, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and we've got 10 separate different documents within the Book of Concord. So it has taken, especially in the 16th century, it has taken somewhere around 60, 50-something years 
to, to ratify what we believe to come up with a set of documents that we have today. And uh, the first three documents of the Book of Concord are the ecumenical creeds. Yes. So all these documents, how did they came about to be what they are today? Okay, that's actually an excellent question. And the truth is, for the most part, these documents come up at times of controversy where different opinions, some of them wrong, are trying to be introduced to the church, and the church has to make a statement saying, no, this is right, that is wrong. Um, the Apostles' Creed, I'm not aware of a specific controversy with that one, but it is shortly after the time that the last apostle dies. And, of course, they, the church starts realizing we need clarity. You know, it's easy when the apostles are alive. If there's a controversy, go ask Peter. He'll tell you the truth. Well, after Peter's gone, go ask John. John was there. He knows. But then after the last apostle dies, you know, who do you appeal to? Uh, of course, we, you know, we have our scriptures as, as they've come together from the apostolic writings. Uh, but as you start to have debates, well, what are the important points? What are the main points? And so we have the Apostles' Creed. Now that the apostles are gone, what were the basic fundamental teachings that they gave us? Mm -hmm. So we have these, real quick was it, you know, three, three short articles in about 12 lines. Yeah. These are the key points the, the apostles were making. Mm -hmm. And of course, the majority of that is focused right on Christ. Mm -hmm. As when you look at that, that creed, mm -hmm. you've got the first article on the Father, you've got the third article on the Spirit, and then you've got the middle article on Christ, on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's just a simple statement. Mm -hmm. Now, with the Nicene, by the time of the Nicene Creed, we're starting to see false teachings introduced into the church and taking hold, particularly questions or doubts about Jesus, the Son of God, actually being God, questions, doubts of the Holy Spirit actually being a unique person in the Trinity as opposed to maybe just the power by which God works or something like that. And so the Nicene Creed expands out with more statements about the true godhood of the Son and the Spirit, de defending them in those points. Um, the Athanasian Creed then, again, more, more false teachings introduced about the Trinity. And so a very expanded discussion or or uh, confession, statement of faith about the Trinity. And probably, I would say the Athanasian Creed is the best statement Christianity has ever come up with. Uh, I don't think any church body has ever improved on that. Uh, but, that but again, it's a time of controversy, and they're trying to correct it. Um, if we're going through the Book of Concord in the order in which the documents are written... As we kind of start, yeah. it naturally starts that way. First, the first the three creeds, yeah. and of course, it's worth noting we call those the ecumenical creeds. The really the entire Christian Church on Earth agreed with those teachings, which is worth noting. Yeah. Um, but then, in time, the next one would be the, the two catechisms written in. 15 just before before you go yeah, to yeah. the next document in the Book of Concord, uh, I just wanted to ask a question on the ecumenical creeds. Yeah. Why did the why did our Lutheran confessors wanted to start with the ecumenical mm. creeds? Why oh, didn't they just course. start with the Augsburg Confession or Luther's Larger Small Catechism? 
because they were be, they were accused by the Roman Catholic Church of being heretics, mm-hmm. of introducing new novel teachings that were not faithful to the Christian Church. Mm-hmm. The first documents they include are the creed saying, "No, we hold to the same statements of faith that all of Christianity has historically held on to." To establish from the start, we're not a new religion. We're not a strange sect that rejects consistent historical biblical truth. We hold the same teachings that the whole church has always held. We have it in the creeds, and they're in our book. Yeah. So that, that's the point okay. being made there. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I think it's true of the first article also. Uh, they start with the uh, doctrine of God. Augsburg Confession. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, that's really the major point of that Augsburg Confession yeah. is we're not heretics, we're not doing anything new. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we're going to do that, if, yeah. you, if you allow me to do this historically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the next documents coming in are the, are, are the catechisms. Yeah. And these are in 1529. So Luther was declared a heretic in 21. And so by the, the latter half of the 20s, the followers of Luther are, have pretty well understood. They are pushed out of the Roman Catholic Church. They are responsible for themselves. And so as, as part of taking responsibility for their own group and trying to maintain it and make sure that everything is functioning properly, uh, they did, the theologians in Wittenberg, did send out the leaders of the church. They sent out visitors to the to the different parishes mm-hmm. to see what are the pastors teaching, what are what are the congregations learning, what's the state of things, how are they, and they learned very quickly that both pastors and laity, in many cases, were very, very ignorant of their Bibles, mm-hmm. very poorly trained, uh, even finding pastors who could not recite the Ten Commandments could not pray the Lord's Prayer, didn't know the creeds. <laughs> you know, very, very basic. And so Luther wrote two instruction books. The small catechism he wrote for the laity. And this, this is clear in how he heads. It has six sections, and every single section he heads with the title, As the Head of the House Should Teach His Family in a Simple Way. So this is clearly intended for fathers to teach their children Uh, you know this is this is a book to the lady Mm. it's short it's simple and it's intended to be memorized Mm. and luther breaks it up into six sections originally five and then one is added but a section showing all the basic teachings you need from the bible to be christian Mm. and so he has section one uh using the Ten Commandments to teach about the law. Section two, using the creed to teach about who God is and what God has done for us. And here you find the gospel. And then part three, he uses the Lord's Prayer, the Abatachen Hoy, to teach people, now that you've heard the gospel and you've learned that you're a child of God, this is how you speak to him. This is how you, this is how you pray to him. Um, section three, baptism. How do you become a child of God? How, how do you 
become initiated in the church, receive the gift of faith, receive the forgiveness of sins, baptism. And then now, with the, he said later there's a sixth, it's added here at part five, that would be confession absolution, uh, another in showing us again another way that we receive forgiveness, the way in which we deal with our own sin and sinfulness, repenting, confessing our sins, receiving forgiveness. And then finally, the sixth, the Lord's Supper, where we receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ in and with bread and wine for the forgiveness of our sins. Uh, and so it's a very, as you can see, it's a very gospel-oriented book, a very forgiveness of sins-oriented book. And Luther, we see here what Luther, and following him, the Lutherans say, these are the important things that you need to know as a Christian. You are by nature a sinner. God in Christ has removed that sin from you and made you to be his own holy, perfect, loved child. So you are now in a child-father relationship with God. He's not your angry judge. He's your father. And that life has come to you, initiated in baptism, sustained through word and sacrament, focused on the forgiveness of sins until the day that you are taken to him in the next life where there is no sin and it no longer matters. That's it. Uh, I would say as a little side note, um, seeing baptism and the Lord's Supper as key components for us to know and, and live as Christians within the catechism, it, it really confuses me when I hear Lutheran pastors say, oh, yes, our Lutheran churches, the other Pente churches, we're almost the same. We just have a few little differences on baptism and the Lord's Supper, and those don't really matter. Well, how can you say two of the six main points don't really matter. How can you as a Lutheran take fully a third of your catechism and just dismiss it with a wave of the hand that, oh, those differences are unimportant? Luther and the Lutherans teach these points because they are critically important, which means differences or misunderstandings that the other churches have are also critically important. Uh, I don't want to go off on a big yeah, speech about yeah. that, but we, we see this in our catechism. Um, quickly moving on, large catechism, same kind of arrangement, same topics, but it's in much more detail because Luther wrote this one to teach the pastors because they found so many pastors who were untrained and not understanding. So I would also say, you know, you were talking about a, a crash course for our leaders in the Augsburg Confession I would say every one of our pastors should know the large catechism yeah. inside and out, backwards yeah. and forwards. Mm -hmm. And again, the lar these, these catechisms, for us as EECMY members, this is in our Constitution. Yeah. We say these are our beliefs. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to stand as a pastor in the EECMY who has on oath committed myself to our Constitution, mm -hmm committed myself to the large catechism. And Luther wrote that catechism to teach pastors what they need to know. I should feel obligated to know every detail of that. And it's not that big. It's not that hard to do. Um, key document, teaching the pastors. So those are the catechisms.
the year after that is the Augsburg Confession. And this is the one you were, you were, you were mentioning as, again, making that point. Nothing new. True. So with the Augsburg Confession, the now again, Luther has already been written off as a heretic. Well, now the emperor calls a, a meeting to deal with Luther's followers. And the emperor wants a united empire. He doesn't want his empire divided by different religions. He wants it united. And quite frankly, he's a big supporter of the Roman Catholic Church. So we know how he wants it united. Uh, the representatives of the Roman Catholic Church are there also. But the Lutherans, and specifically the Lutheran political leaders, this is not a church debate. The, the political leaders are called to give answer to the emperor. But these Lutheran leaders are having to stand before the emperor and def defend their faith or give it up. And they go to the theologians, Luther, um, his partner Melanchthon, and some of the others, and say, write us a document that we can take to this meeting, to the emperor. And they, they write the Augsburg Confession. And, of course, the goal with this is to say to the emperor, same thing we've been saying here, nothing new. We're not heretics. What we believe are the same things the historic Christian church has always believed. And at the end of the document, the only places where we reject what the Roman Catholic Church is doing are, are places where that church has moved into error more recently. And so we're not rejecting historic Christianity. We're rejecting modern error from the Pope. And they do this very politely, very respectfully, uh, trying to defend themselves. After that document is presented, um, the emperor essentially hands it over to the Roman Catholic Church and says, answer this. So the Roman Catholics write a document essentially rejecting what the Lutherans say. And so the Lutherans then are forced to write an answer to that. And that's the next document in our Book of Concord. It's called the Apology to the Augsburg Confession. And to Americans, or people speaking American-style English, that sounds strange because we think of apology meaning, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I was wrong, something like that. But here, apology has another meaning, defense. So this is the defense of the Augsburg Confession written against the Roman Catholic attack on the Augsburg Confession. And so in this one, they go through article by article, further expanding and defending what the Augsburg Confession teaches and why it teaches it, and clearly explaining and rejecting the errors of the Roman Catholics who have attacked the Augsburg Confession. And so this one is not quite as friendly, not quite as nice, because now it's turned into a theology fight. And so this is uh, probably as, as aggressive as theologians get when they fight, but it, it's, it's no longer that peaceful, hey, hey, we're all... We're okay. We're not doing anything to, how dare you call us heretics? What we said was true and what you are saying is wrong. So it has more of that yeah. feel to it. But it, it's the same articles, the same teachings, the same points that we have in the Augsburg Confession, mm -hmm. but now they're expanded, mm -hmm. defended, explained. 
The next, so that's in 1531. Uh, five years after that, we have the small called articles. And these are written because uh, the Lutherans believe they're going to have another chance at another large council meeting to defend their teaching. And so Luther writes these. Now, Augsburg Confession Apology are primarily written by Melanchthon. Uh, Luther does give advice. He, he is part of the process, but he's not the primary author. Uh, the small called articles Luther writes, and they're officially written preparing for this meeting that where the Lutherans think they're going, is going to happen, where they will be able to have another debate and try to defend their teachings. That doesn't happen, by the way. Uh, the, the council they're anticipating, they don't end up having this, this, this opportunity to attend a council and defend. Um, but still, Luther has written these articles for it. And so again, it's, it's a document where you know, Luther is now saying, and, and not so much, hey, there's nothing new here, but he, he knows they would be going into a theological fight. And so this is more along the lines of not just this is what we believe, but this is what we believe and absolutely will not compromise on. We cannot weaken this. We cannot give this up. And then other points where he said, there are some other things we can debate about or other points where we might be able to give this but not that. Uh, but it's, it's written more for, a more for a debate where there's going to be back and forth pushing. Uh, there's also another point to it that I really appreciate. Now, this is still some years before Luther will die. But Luther didn't realize that. Luther had been really, really sick, and he thought he was close to death. He, he really thought he was going to die shortly after this. And so he also treats this as kind of a theological last will and testament. And so Luther will say, and he's right in this, almost a prophet. He says, after I am dead, when there will controversies will arise, and people on both sides will say, if Luther was alive, he would agree with me. And Luther says, if you want to know what Luther would have agreed with, read these. This is it. He says, I, I am writing this as an old man after I have thoroughly studied the Bible and come to my conclusions on what it teaches, what I believe now, I would never change. So if you want to know what Luther would believe in the future, read what Luther is writing now. This is, this is what he's saying about the small called articles. And one, he, he was, I say he's almost a prophet. He was right. Even to this day, I see Lutheran churches that claim to be, or churches that are very liberal, claim, still claiming to be Lutheran, making decisions and practicing things that very clearly reject or deny true Lutheran practice. And yet they will say, oh, but if Luther was alive today and knew what we knew now, he would agree with us. And I also see in other denominations, denominations that clearly deny many of Luther's teachers, they still try to claim Luther as one of their one of their reformers, part of yeah. their history. And, oh, Luther would agree with what we say here, and Luther would... No. If you want to know what Luther would agree with this year, right now, in our church, 
go read the small cult articles. Luther himself said this is what he would believe. So for, for that reason, uh, small cult articles are probably my favorite part of the Book of Concord. I, I just love them. So, but again, um, I'm failing, but trying to give you short answers. <laughs> failing on the you're short doing good, part. You're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so we have two more. Now, that's pretty much the same time that Luther writes the small called articles preparing for this uh, meeting that they're anticipating. Philip Melanchthon, the one who wrote the Augsburg Confession, the Apology, also writes a document for it. And his is entitled The Treatise on the Power and Primacy of the Pope. Now, Melanchthon is thinking of this as an additional chapter to the Augsburg Confession. That's kind of in his mind. It's the same sort of thing. But it, it's written at this time, presented at this meeting at Small Called, getting ready for this other meeting. And so it's included as, not as Melanchthon thought of it like an additional Augsburg Confession, but it's included as its own document. And it's a good one if you want to talk about what Lutherans think of the, the, the power and authority of the clergy. Uh, the idea of an infallible pope or a spiritual ruler above the others as opposed to pastors whose only authority is to faithfully preach and teach the word of God and administer the sacraments. And really all pastors are spiritually equally brothers. Uh, this, is a, this is a good place to look at what we think as Lutherans about hierarchy in the church or authority in the church and really recognizing ultimately that God and his word are the only true authority in the church, and any hierarchy that we set up is going to be human, humanly devised for uh, human convenience and is not a matter of sin or grace or order or command by God. Okay. Unlike some of the other denominations that say, no, God ordered this Episcopal system. No, God ordered these presbyteries. No, God declared the Pope the head of the world's church. You know, I mean, you've got all of these other other claims, and we will say, no, the Bible doesn't create a hierarchy. But let's talk about it. So, you, so you, if you've got any questions along those lines, that's a good place to go. Okay. And then our final document, which is written in 1577. Now, the whole, all of these documents are compiled and formalized into one book in 1580, 8-0. So this is just three years before that's the final thing. And the formula of Concord is written because after Luther dies, we start seeing disagreement within the Lutheran church. Now, all of these other documents were written primarily because of disagreements we have with other churches, mostly the Roman Catholic Church. They'll, they'll mention others like the Anabaptists. They'll mention the Reformed and reject some of their false teachings. But the primary uh, opponent, so to speak, was the Roman Catholic Church. Formula of Concord, it's all Lutheran. Luther dies, uh, Melanchthon has a strong friendship with John Calvin, is influenced by him, starts wording his way his beliefs in ways that are more amenable to Calvinism, trying to be more friendly with his friend. 
And that completely opens the door for Melanchthon's students to start adopting Calvinist error over and against Lutheran truth. And some Lutherans see this and fight against it, but overreact in a different direction. And we end up with a number of different, and they're not all related in one fight, but we end up with different controversies, different fights with different people involved. And finally, um, a few really gifted theologians, uh, including my favorite theologian, Martin Chemnitz, the the second Martin, uh, they take all of these issues and use, and going back to the Augsburg Confession as the basis, along with Luther's writings, address these different issues, along with some disagreements. Now, this is at a time when the Reformed Church is stronger and it's clarified its beliefs more, and the Baptists, are, they've been around, they've clarified their, their beliefs. And so now we're seeing more conflict with the other Protestants and more clarity on that. And so they also do address some of those things. So we'll, we'll see re- significant rejection of false teaching from the other Protestants, from the Reformed and the Anabaptists. But really the, the heart of this document is clarifying disagreements and error among Lutherans. And when this document is concluded, I think they end up with it's over 8,000 Lutheran pastors and theologians sign on to this and say, yes, this really is the right answer and, and settles that down. Um, then with that final document, they are all compiled into one book and it's compiled with the purpose that as you were saying right at the very beginning introduction, as Lutherans, we can easily define and easily explain what we believe as a church. If we, if our doctrine contradicts or conflicts with the, the Book of Concord. You know, as a Lutheran pastor, I have two choices. If I believe something that contradicts the Book of Concord, I either need to re-examine my beliefs okay. and find out where I am wrong, or I have to admit that I'm not Lutheran okay. and reject my ordination in the Lutheran church and go out and either find the church that I agree with or become some self-proclaimed origin of a new church. But I can't, with any kind of integrity, say, I am a Lutheran, but my belief, my my teaching, or my practice disagrees with what is in the Book of Concord. That is just pure hypocrisy. Oh, it's it's good to have that book. You yeah. know, kind of it, it 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 forces me as a Lutheran pastor to it holds me to account. Yeah.